give a big hand clap for all of our student ministries, everybody. Come on, clap real big. They want to hear you. We love our kids. Ashley and Giuseppe are doing a great, great job. And man, we just thank God for people serving, right? Come on, everybody. Amen. Come on, poke your neighbor and say, welcome to 2020. Come on, just tell them. That. Welcome to 2020. We are here. Anybody old like me that they used to say when 2020 came, we'd be riding around in spaceships? Anybody remember that? Kind of like Martians and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, we're here. We got electric cars, and that's about as far as we've gotten. But praise the Lord for that. Uh, glad that you're here with us. Uh, again, whether this is your first time or you've been with us many, many times. Uh, one thing we do want to do, I think we're, 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 we're ready with a slide. Are we ready with a big year and giving slide? Have we got that? Uh, um, don't show it yet. Let me build up here a little bit. Wow. All I'm going to say is like, wow, like, like crazy wow. You guys with our big year end giving went bananas. Um, we, we, you know, uh, we're, we wanted to help a home down in, in Tijuana, a men and women's home, and then we got a bunch of stuff we want to do downstairs with our Spectrum Kids, our kids ministry. And all the month of December really started, you know, talking about it about six weeks out, and, and just your heart has expanded. Um, something happened here with us, all of us, that's never happened before. Um, really where you could read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and what we did, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 tells you exactly what we were a part of. And so through your generosity, we received <laughs> 64,708. Come on, somebody. Come on, we can clap better than that. Amazing. Come on, amazing. We got some people standing. Why don't you stand up? Amazing. 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 Come on, amazing grace. That, come on, that's amazing grace. Come on. Where did that come from? Came from all of us. People that were... People that, 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 that are just, you know, that, that are just sacrificed and people that gave and people that just gave. Um, so we, you know, we, we had a goal after we, we received, I think it was 42,000 and something. We said, hey, let's believe God for 50. And, and, and man, $64,788 came in. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm just blown away. And so... Uh, we're going to get a chance to really make a difference down at a home down south in Tijuana. And we're going to get a chance to renovate our kids' classrooms down there. And for everybody that has kids or grandkids, just set the course for cool stuff down there and a brand new look. And so just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. One more time. Come on. Amen, everybody. Amen. Yeah. Gosh. We could go there all. I could just sit down right now and just smile all day. But, but we, let's, te let's talk about and teach the word. Uh, for the next uh, three weeks, we're really going to talk about prayer and fasting as we, we are entering in this season. And for many people, uh, have, they've never done it before. Really, maybe you prayed a little bit, maybe before your, uh, uh, before your meal, or maybe your prayer was before you went to jail, oh, God, help me. Come on, anybody ever pray that? <laughs> that was as much as you prayed. Well, uh, we can pray a little bit different and, and a little bit grow in our prayer. And, and then add fasting to it. And fasting is just simply as 
Uh, Brittany said a moment ago, staying away from food, staying away from food items, all kinds of ways to fast. Skip a meal, uh, skip a, a whole day of, 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 of meals and just devote that self to yourself to God. Maybe you could skip lunch and just, again, get in your car, get away, walk in the park when you're at work, Monday through Friday, and, and just devote that time to seeking God, asking God, spending time with God, reading the Word, get the devotional book and follow along with us. Um, spirit, uh, spiritual growth, I, I really believe, your, your, your spiritual growth will be enhanced as you add the ingredient of fasting to your prayer. I think it, it needs to be a regular spiritual discipline in your life. It's, it's all throughout the Bible, so it's not anything new and not, not anything, you know, that we're just kind of thinking up to do. And it's not something where the monks would do to inflict pain on themselves to try to, uh, try to ascend and, and, and transcend uh, the humankind to get close to God. And uh, No, it's a spiritual discipline that really just allows us to shut off our body and devote ourselves more in, into prayer and get a, your spirit alive. Um, so I so want to encourage you, fi find your groove. You know, Daniel uh, fasted for 21 days, and that's where we're kind of getting the 21-day fast. He just set off certain kinds of food, sweets and delicacies, things he really wanted to eat, you know, things that he, that he desired. So he, he just set aside that, and he, he ate, uh, ate more, uh, you know, organic, of course. It was all organic then, but uh, uh, raw and, you know, vegetables, things like that. L let off all that kind of fats and probably meats and that kind of stuff. So, again, we're not the kind of church that says do this. We're the kind of church that says God's in you. Listen to God. So let's jump into the Word today and talk about it and set the, uh, kind of the, the pace for the next uh, three weeks. I'm going to read a, a bunch of scriptures. We're going to read a whole ton of scripture from what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to, going to finish it up what he talked about before prayer. Then we're going to read a parable, what Jesus talked about in Luke chapter 18. I'm going to tie one scripture from the book of Daniel at the very end. Then what we're going to do at the end of reading all that, we're going to come back and comment on all those four sections. So track with me. We're going to go Jesus Come on, we're going to go Jesus talking. We're going to go Jesus teaching a parable. Uh, we're going to go uh, something that was talked about, Daniel. Th then we're going to come back and tie it all together and talk about each of those individuals' uh, things uh, uh, selectively. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, don't sound a trumpet before you the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But when you do a charitable deed, when you give, he says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done in secret, and that your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. This is exactly what we've done for the whole month of December. We have given in secret. We have not made a big show. No one got up here and said, I'm giving, a, I'm giving $10, I'm giving $100, I'm giving $5,000, I'm giving a million dollars. Uh, we're not doing that. That's not the point of this. Jesus says that almost all of your giving should be done in secret, that your right hand doesn't know what your left hand does, that what comes out of your pocket nobody sees, that it's between you and me. And if your giving is done that way, God says, Jesus said, the Father God will reward you how? Openly. Openly. So I say this to everybody who partook and did this and does it on a continual basis. You should expect an open reward from God Almighty. I thought I'd get a better amen. Come on, amen. Uh, verse 6, uh, 5 and 6. And when you pray, so he said, when, when you give, he said, do this. But he says, now when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But when you pray, go to your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your father who's in a secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. 
Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. Moreover, when you fast, not if you fast, not if you give, <laughs> not if you pray, when you fast, when you give, when you pray. Three disciplines you must have in your life consistently. I don't give when I have money, I always give. I don't pray when I feel like it or I'm in trouble, I always pray. I don't fast just when the pressures are coming in, I should regularly fast. When? When you fast, don't be like hypocrites with a sad countenance. They disfigure their faces that they may appear before men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you don't appear to be men to be fasting, but to your Father. So we're fasting before our Father, who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus said this, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, come on, finish that with me, will you? Hallowed be thy name. Luke 18, verse 1 through 8, Jesus tells a parable. Then he spoke a parable to them and said that men ought always to pray and not lose heart, saying there was a certain city, a judge who didn't fear God or regard man. Now there was a widow in the city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest her by continually coming to me, she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? One last scripture, Daniel 6, 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem and he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as his custom since early days. Come on, somebody say, give me a heart to pray. Come on, give me a heart to pray. Give me a heart to pray. Jesus starts off with what we just read about these three disciplines that we need to have in our life. He says, when you pray, when you, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast in secret, God's going to reward you openly. Again, this is a threefold cord I believe that you need to consistently have in your life. That giving needs to be a regular part of your life, not just a big year-end giving. I think there's all kinds of sacrificial gifts just like this that we've done that need to be a regular occurrence in our life. Uh, but, but even more so, the, the, the daily and the, the consistent, if you will, uh, discipline in our life to tithe and to give offerings needs to be in our life. And when we do it, we can expect an open reward. When you don't make a show, you can expect an open reward. Uh, if you're giving to be seen by men, you can expect that to be your reward. Uh, but then he also says, when, when you pray, when you pray to the Father in secret, he who sees in secret will reward you openly. Then he says also, we read, when you fast in secret, he who sees what you're doing, wash yourself, come on, take a shower, brush your teeth, comb your, shave, comb yourself, don't look around, don't come in here all mopey. So somebody says, why are you moping? Well, you know I'm fasting. Our church is going through 21 days of prayer and fasting. You just got your reward. That's the only reward you're going to get. 
So, so we all know that, 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 that most of us in the room are going to be fasting and doing something, so we don't need to ask one another. And it's not a, you know, it's not a, well, what are you doing? And what are you doing? And, and, and no, well, I'm doing this. And see, I, I, I told the guys yesterday when we, when we got together, and, and join with us Tuesday if you can at 6.30 and Thursday at 6.30 and then Saturday at 8 because uh, we just get together and pray, and it's good to learn how to pray and hear other people praying. Uh, but when we were together, I, I, when I was, uh, you know, 20 years old, I was, listen, I, I gave my life to Jesus. I was a religious zealot. It, man, and we would fast and pray, and we'd pray all night, and we'd, we'd fast for days, and you know, eight days, and ten days, and fourteen days, and, and not eat nothing but drink water, and we were like, we were like crazy, but it got to be almost like a competition, and that was our reward, one upsmanship from somebody else, and that's exactly what Jesus is coming against, and so we're fasting in secret so that God will reward us openly. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this that, you know, what is the reward, you know? What is the reward? Now, I'm, I'm thinking about a couple scriptures. One's in Genesis chapter 15 that God comes to Abraham and Abraham's trying to have a child. And God comes to him in Genesis 15, 1. And it says this, the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, don't be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. God tells Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. Come on, everybody. I am. I am your exceeding great reward. Your, your, your great reward isn't a, a Ford F-150 pickup truck. Your great reward isn't a new fridge. Come on. Your great reward isn't, isn't a new handbag, ladies. Your great reward is him. Come on. Come on. Let's clap if we're going to clap a little bit. Yeah. Then I like this about Ruth. You know, Ruth, if you remember the story, we talked about it uh, this past year. Ruth was a woman who, who, who lost her father-in-law, lost her own husband, and, and, and her sister-in-law went back to her own people. And, and she just hooks up with her mother-in-law and goes back to her mom's hometown. And, and she's got nobody, and, and she's, not, she's not connected with anybody and doesn't know how this whole thing's going to turn out. And yet God brings her Boaz, and the, the guy that she would eventually marry, and through her who, who lost her husband, Husband, she was actually, you know, in the lineage of King David. Just God, God turned the situation around amazingly. But because of Ruth's love and devotion for her mother-in-law, Boaz says this to her in, in Ruth 2.12. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you've come for refuge. Look at that. The Lord repay your work. And, and Boaz says to her, girl, you're going to get a full reward, a full reward. God's going to show up in your life and reward you. So listen to me. When you pray, when you give, when you fast, you should expect God to give you an open reward. Man, it's going to be him. And listen to me. Let me let's say it this way. You know, I think we got it on the screen. That God gives you an open re reward, I believe, in a way that you need it the most. Come on, in the way you need it, need it the most. Maybe the open reward is healing. Maybe the open reward is provision. Maybe the open reward is restoration of a relationship. Whatever the open reward is that, that you need the most, I believe, in these next 21 days, let's believe God. God does something amazing in your life. Yeah. And really, we could say it again, that, that, that the open reward in, in the greatest measure is him, is God. And Paul says this, the great apostle Paul says this in Philippians 3. He just says, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to be conformed to his image. Paul was saved. Paul was filled with the Spirit. 
Paul was tortured for his faith. And still in his life, he writes to the church at Philippi, I want to know him. I want to be found in him. He's my pursuit. I'm not where I'm, I want to be yet. Come on, let that be burning in you this year. Come on, passion in you this year. I'm hungry for more of God. Amen. Amen, amen. Matthew 6, we read in verse 10. Jesus said this, in this manner, in this manner, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus sets off the Lord's prayer, we read. Here's how you pray. Here's what you say. You come to the Father and you pray, hallowed be your name. If you want a good kind of maybe, uh, if you're new to prayer and you're new to kind of uh, what do I do? What do I say? Maybe you could go to the Lord's Prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. They didn't back then, but we call it the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And just use those scriptures as a format for prayer. We've done that many times around here. Uh, just start off, my, my Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Pray that your will be done. But Jesus sets this off that, that he tells us and tells the disciples after they come to him uh, because all the all the rabbis had a way to pray in the day that Jesus was alive all these different people that would follow certain rabbis they had certain ways that they would pray and they would teach their protégés how to pray and so the disciples asked hey all these other guys they're saying know how to pray or and teach their teach their followers how to pray what do you say and he said Jesus God in the flesh says pray this our father in heaven Hallowed be your name. Just, just those three phrases I think are important for us, again, as we start 21 days of prayer. And I pray that this would be embedded in your life for the rest of your life because it's so simple, yet it is so profound. Number one, we pray to the Father. Listen, we pray to the Father. That's who we pray to. We pray to the Father. We, we, listen, we don't pray to Jesus, and we don't pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Father. We are never told in the Bible to pray to God. We pray in the New Testament to the Father. And the reason I believe is so important for us to change our vocabulary about how we pray because it will position us and change our minds about who we are praying towards. We're not praying to an abstract God who has no feeling, no emotion, he's just there. We're praying to a very loving and compassionate heavenly father. And so all throughout the scripture, we see the word of God trying to paint a picture in your and my mind of who the father is. Regardless of what your earthly father is or has been or was, if he's passed on, God wants you to know you can know him as father. We have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us an awareness of Jesus, but we don't pray to Jesus, and we don't pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. The second thing that I think is important here from what we find out from what Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father, where? In heaven. Notice where he is. He's in heaven. Again, as we pray... You need to have an awareness in your life of where and to who you are praying. You're not just praying earthbound. You're not just praying limited. 
You're not just praying that now my prayers are just here and it's, uh, hope, hope, hope something's going to happen. No, no. I'm praying to my Father in heaven. My prayers are rising up to heaven. You need to have that awareness. And thirdly, I believe that we need to grow in understanding of what his name means to you personally. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy, set apart is your name. Your name is Savior. Your name is Provider. Your name is my righteousness. Your name is my peace. Your name is my confidence. Your name is my defender. Your name is good. Your name is faithful. Your name is reliable. Your name is dependable. Come on, church. Are y'all out there this morning? So we need to grow in understanding of what the name represents because who he is and what his name represents is available to you. So in these 21 days, maybe this scripture in Matthew 6:10 just comes alive to you every day that we pray to the Father, my Father in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be your name. We read the parable that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18. And the reason that I've got all this together is I just want to cram it into us because it's just, again, so pertinent to us in understanding how we need to pray and the trajectory of prayer, not only for this 21 days and not only for this year, but really for the rest of your life. I had the privilege of a praying mom and a praying dad. I had the privilege of going to a church like ours that believed in prayer. And, and so I want to encourage you, you need to press in. And if you're not satisfied with, with, with what you know or how to pray, then you need to come and get around people that can pray. And so prayer is really kind of a learned sport, if you will. Uh, you can learn by others, and that's the way I learned. And, and we want to help you. We, wanna, we want this to be a regular part of your life, not, not so that we can all just come together, but because of the spiritual dynamic and impact it's going to have in your life for the rest of your life. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Gary, everything's all good right now. I don't think I need to pray. You just wait, baby. <laughs> There'll be some things that the tide turns in your life that you're going to need to get a hold of God, and this is going to set you up for learning how to do that. Amen? Amen. So, so the parable with, with, with the lady, that, that she comes to the unjust judge, and, and she says, deliver me from my adversary. And, and the unjust judge says he didn't even fear God, and he didn't even care about her. But because she was just wearying him day after day, the woman's coming, and I'm just tired of seeing her face is what he's saying. And so he says, I, I'm just going to give her what she needs. And Jesus uses that parable to say, see what the unjust judge says, and won't God answer your prayer, and you plead before him day and night, and Jesus says, he will deliver you, he will, he will speak to you, he will reveal to you speedily. Come on, everybody. He, he, he'll avenge you of your adversary speedily. But then he, he winds up the parable, and he says this. He says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes to the earth, will he find faith? Faith. And so Jesus ties our faith in prayer you are getting answers in prayer. And not just any kind of faith, but really what he's telling us, he's talking to us about a persistence in prayer, a steadfastness in prayer, an endurance in prayer, a not quitting and not backing down regardless of what it looks like in prayer. So, so look, when we're praying and we're consistently coming to God, we're not trying to overcome God's reluctance to answer us. 
It's, it's, not like, it's not like, you know, we get worn down and you've got worn down by your kids probably. Mom, 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 can I, can I, can I, get will you buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me. And you can just find it, you go, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Okay, let's go. That's not God. God so graciously wants to give to you. But there is an element that he so desperately wants in your life, and that is called persistent faith. Faith that won't back down. Faith that just looks at impossibilities and say, I do not care what it looks like right now. I'm coming again. I'm saying that's going to change because you are good. Come on, everybody. Yeah. So here we go on the screen. God requires faith and continued prayer in the face of obstacles. This year you're going to have obstacles. This year you're going to have things that go, where'd that come from? Where'd can I say it this way? Where in the hell did that come from? And exactly that, it came from hell. It came from hell to back you up, to push you down, to get you to say, to, to, to cause your knees to buckle. But let me tell you what, if you'll set yourself and set your face towards God, and you'll pray and consistently pray, pray that will not deter you. You'll be able to look at that and say, giant, you're getting ready to go down. Come on, everybody. Yeah. So again, we're not trying to twist God's arm. For him to answer us. We're not trying to twist God's arm to get him to kind of answer. We're not trying to, trying to bully God. You can't bully God. So it's not I'm pleading, I'm pleading. I'm pleading finally, go, okay, I'm tired of seeing my kid. Here you go. Here's your healing. That's not what he's saying. But there is a persistence in us and a dedication in us and a, and a continuance in us that says, I will not be moved no matter what it looks like, no matter what the marriage looks like, the kids look like, the job looks like, the report looks like. I am coming again saying, you are almighty God, and you are going to turn this situation around for your glory. That's what we're saying. So we're raising God. We're, I, I, I can say it this way. We're, we're raising our arms. We're, 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 we're raising our arms to him in praise uh, and, and anticipation. We're not, we're, not, we're not trying to twist his arm to, to try to get us to do something. All day long, we're just, Lord, I just magnify you. I praise you that you heard me this morning. You heard me yesterday. But I'm coming again today because I'm not seeing with my natural eye what I prayed about yesterday. And so I'm not going to quit. And I know you heard me, but I'm coming to you again, bringing my case before you. He delights in that. Uh, we could say it this way. Unasked prayers get answered 100% of the time. Unasked prayers get answered 100% of the time. So many of us are afraid to ask. Afraid to ask something big. Afraid maybe because of what's happened in the past. And I'm not, again, I came from a hyper, you know, a hyper background in some regards of hanging around some people that, that would ask for oil rigs and big airliners or something and crazy stuff when we were young and, and just kind of ask for the world, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a box, if you will. Uh, so, so your faith has to be measured uh, and your faith has to be, you have to pray according to the measure of faith that you do have. Uh, but when there's certain things that we know promises from the Word of God, uh, if we do not ask God for those, it's amazing those things just won't come to pass. Because God requires faith that you believe He is a loving Heavenly Father who will answer you. And so Jesus tells us, and, and we read Ma Matthew 6, Jesus tells us in Matthew 7 and verse 7 and 8, He says this, He says, ask and it will be given you. 
He says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks finds. And he who knocks, the door will be opened. Again, Jesus is talking about the persistence and the dedication in your and my life for prayer. Not for just 21 days, but for the rest of our life. That we're going to be people that ask. We're going to be people that seek. And we're going to be people that continually knock. I'm not, getting, I'm not done. I, I, I know I didn't see it. I, I've got a list, Lord. I've got some things I'm praying for. And, and, and thank you, you've answered that, and I'm going to praise you for that. And I haven't, seen, I haven't seen this one, so I'm bringing this before you again. But I'm here, Lord God, and I'm going to seek you. You're my reward. I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to press in with you. And I'm not going to be deterred if I don't see it right now. And can I tell you this? I'm not going to be deterred if I don't see it in my lifetime. Because the just... Live by faith. It's our lifestyle. It's how we live. It's what we do. It's what we believe. So in my dying breath, listen to me, if I'm rid with cancer in my dying breath, I will praise God that he is still a healer. Let me tell you, I'm going to praise him that he's still a healer. Let that be so in your life. Let's wrap it up this morning. Daniel. He's an amazing guy. If you've read Daniel, man, if you've been in church at all, you've heard of Daniel in the lion's den. Anybody heard Daniel in the lion's den? It's a real story. It really happened. But Daniel was a man, and uh, just a man just like me and you. He had a call of God in his life, and he was used by God to speak before several different kings and, and change the hearts and direction of a nation. He's a phenomenal man. But when there was an order from the, the, the progression is that Daniel was hanging around, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they tried to kill them. You know, Nebuchadnezzar threw them in the fire, and all that did, they didn't burn. And then Daniel just rose to prominence. In fact, let, let me read you a scripture here in Daniel 6.3. It says that Dan, Daniel distinguished himself above all the governors in the snare traps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over all his realm. So Daniel was a man that was, he was actually captured, if you know the story, and he was brought into serving in a foreign country, and and yet this man had an excellent spirit in him, and he wouldn't let his surroundings deter him from what was going on in the nation, or even serving a wicked king, serving a crazy boss, because he had an excellent spirit. He distinguished himself and had an excellent spirit in him. You can have this too. And I believe one of the ingredients, how he had an excellent spirit, was because Daniel was a man of prayer. He was a man of principle, and he was a man of prayer. And he positioned himself to to pray, and and it didn't make a difference what anybody thought and what anybody valued of his relationship with God Almighty. He'd risk it all, and he'd pray anyway. There's a woman when we were in Canada... Man, this woman was a godly woman. Her husband was as mean as a snake. And listen, when I say that, I'm telling you, mean. So great, so kind in the community. He ran the whole Little League team. Everybody loved him. Phenomenal reputation as as a guy, a a community-minded guy, but mean as a snake. Let me tell you. He told his wife, he said, you will not have a Bible open in my house. I forbid you to go. She would try to come to church and have to sneak out of the house early to go to church. And, And he was just nasty. But she was a woman that she'd sneak away and find a way to pray and believe God and come to church and give and serve. And Man, I'm telling you, I, I believe her prayers, are, I still think about her with just the, the, with the passion that she had. Regardless of what my husband said or did, I know I'm married to him. I know I need to honor him, but I got to honor God first. 
So that might be a word for some of you in the room. If you're in a relationship that somebody's forbidden you from honoring God, you need to stop that relationship, number one. So Daniel said, I- I'm going to serve God. I'm going to worship God. And-, and the guys that were around him didn't like him because he distinguished himself and tried to keep him down. And so they came up with a ploy and told the king, hey, king, let's do this. If anybody worships another god besides you, uh, we're going to throw him in the lion's den. The king said, okay, that sounds great. He seals it with his ring. It's done. And Daniel, we find out that Daniel, when he heard that, the writing, he goes back to his house, to the upper room, and he opens the windows, and he kneels down, and he begins praying to God Almighty, knowing what the outcome will be. I really believe that being a person of prayer, not only for these 21 days, but for the rest of your life, will distinguish you above everybody else, not just in church, not looking around, I pray, how long do you pray? Again, you have your reward. I have my reward. But we'll distinguish you in your home, with your kids, with your family members, with the place that you work. It will set you up higher than anybody else. Maybe it's not your education. Maybe it's not your astuteness and your plan. Maybe it's because you're a person of prayer and God just keeps elevating you because he can trust you. I, I, I like these couple of thoughts in closing about Daniel that it says, number one, he went up. He went up into the upper room. He went up. For the next 21 days, and I pray for the rest of your life that you think with me as I pray, I'm going to go up. I'm going to leave my limitations. When I pray, I'm leaving my realm of earthboundness. I'm leaving just everything I see here. And Daniel went up to an upper room. Again, symbolism here, if you will, that when we pray, we're going up. We're coming up off of Everything I see, everything I feel, everything I hear, I'm going to come up to a new sound. I'm going to come up to a new sight. I'm going to come up closer, closer to God. Secondly, he opened up. He opened up the windows. He says he opened up the windows. For the next 21 days, I'm asking you to open up your heart, open up your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions to God's possibilities. Open up up then lastly he knelt down he knelt down we see over and over in the Bible that anyone who humbles himself they always get God's attention so much so that you can read a scripture in the book of Jonah of a wicked king of Nineveh when Jonah said your kingdom's going to be wiped out. The king, of Nineveh, the, the, the king of Nineveh calls a fast prayer. Every man, every woman, every child, every animal, no eating, no drinking. We're going to humble ourselves. God heard a wicked king and spared them. And it ticked off the prophet. Man, next 21 days, how about you just spend some time right here? God, I'm not talking to me. I'm almost 60. A couple months, I'll be 60. God, I need you now more than I've ever needed you. I'm hungry for you. I want to I finish strong. I want this next decade to be a decade you just blow me away. 
So I'm coming on my knees saying, I want you to do something in me. I want you to do something in my church. I want you to multiply and multiply and multiply us. Help us reach the city more and more. Increase us. Lord, I'm humbling myself. How many believe that will get God's attention? Yeah. How about you do it? How about you do it? How about you do it? Three last things. You've listened real good this morning. Just real simple things, real some stuff that I do in my own personal life. You know, just stop, stop where you're at. You know, stop during these next 21 days. Set a timer, remind yourself to pray. Remind yourself, to, Daniel prayed three times a day. How about that? How about you do this? Stop and put a reminder. Morning, noon, night. I put a reminder at 6 o'clock in the morning when, when you get up. I'm going to spend a little time praying. I'm, I'm going to spend 12 o'clock. That's my lunchtime, 1215 to 1245. To I'm going to put a little reminder. Spend some time praying. I'm going to think about that scripture, uh, Psalm 56, 9 and 10. Uh, call to the Father's help. You're delivering me right now. Uh, I'm going I'm to direct myself. I'm going to read that book, that, that, that pursuit book. I'm going to spend some time. At night, I'm going I'm to back off some food, and I'm going to set a timer. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to direct my attention to, towards God. Uh, secondly, just look. Just look. Uh, look and get, get your attention off your circumstance. Just look differently. When we know Hezekiah, when, when, when the prophet told Hezekiah, you're going to die, he turned his face to the wall. Again, he, meaning symbolically, he turned his face away from everything towards God. I, I'm, I'm directing my, I'm not going to look at anybody right now. i got to have God in my life right now. So look, get, get away from your emotion, get away from your feeling realm, get away from all that stuff and just be directed towards him. So stop, stop where you're at, stop a couple times a day, right? Look to him and then just lastly, listen, listen, listen. Uh, get a journal, right? If that's you, if, if, if that's what you do, write down what you hear him telling you to do. Right, get your phone out, take some notes. Why? Because you're going to forget. <laughs> you're going to forget. God wakes me up. I wake up in the night and I've got messages. I'm, I'm on my bike. I rode yesterday on my bike a little bit and I had to stop my bike because God's given me a message on my bike because I'm just riding and I'm just kind of fellowshipping with God and, and I had to pull over and write some stuff down or else I'd forget. <laughs> so, so, so expect. As you stop, as you look, as you listen, God's going to download some stuff to your heart. Amen, everybody? Two, two last thoughts. Reading God's word allows you to fine-tune God's voice. I can't hear God. I've heard it all my life from people. I can't hear God. How much do you read the word? Well, yeah, okay, there's your problem. Reading God's word allows you to fine-tune God's voice. And then just lastly, if you don't pray, if you don't pray, you won't hear. I want to hear. I want to know God. Well, do you pray? Well, you know, yeah, well, I want somebody to pray for me. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You can't lift my weights at the gym. I got to lift my own weights. I can't pray for you to get answers. I can pray with you, with, not for, with, with. You are in control of your own destiny under his leadership. These next 21 days are going to be amazing. When you fast, I'm going to reward you openly. When you give, we've done that. We've done that. He's going to reward us openly. When we pray, he is going to reward us openly. And the reward is him. Amen. Bow your head, close your eyes. Father, we love you today. Thank you for what you've done in our midst. Thank you for amazing worship. Thank you for people of faith uh, drawing closer and closer to you. And Father God, we just, as we set the, the, the tone for 2020, we just thank you that you're meeting us here right now. In the middle of communion, in the middle of worship, in the middle of the word. 
you're here in our midst. And Father, I thank you that our hearts are being directed towards you as we begin a brand new year. And we just say, Lord Jesus, come in strength and power. Come and bring change in us as we set the stage for this decade. We honor you. We honor you. Right there where your head's bowed, your eyes are closed. Come on, just give everyone the right to privacy. If you're in the room today, whether this is your first time or you've been with us many times, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, this is your day. Don't wait another day. You're not promised another day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. This is the time. This is your chance. This is your hour right now to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. He loves you so much that he sent God in a body, Jesus, to be your Lord and to be your Savior and to take your sin so you could be made right with God. All he's asking you to do is say yes to him. And that opens up the possibilities of everything in the Word of God coming real to you and your life. So what we do at church is we don't have you stand up. We don't have you come to the front. Just simply right there.